0: Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision.
1: A special guest through this next hour is Pastor Craig Hill. Pastor and author, he's in Australia as a part of what's known as the Kingdom Festival. Uh, That's on the Gold Coast in Queensland. It starts today, runs through until the 23rd. Uh, There's some details you can pick up about that Kingdom Festival at kingdomfestival.com. Well, Craig Hill is based in the United States. Colorado is his home state. He's in Australia, one of the speakers at the Kingdom Festival on the Gold Coast. For over 20 years, Craig and Jan Hill, through their ministry called Family Foundations International, have been fighting to restore what they call the Family Mountain by providing Ancient Paths seminars. Well, at this time of year, a somewhat obscure eight-day festival with a three-and-a-half-thousand-year history is being celebrated around the world. The festival is the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles. Well, in southeast Queensland, there is attention to this celebration with a gathering called the Kingdom Festival. It's aligned in date and in purpose with the Feast of Tabernacles, an appointed time for God to gather nations to worship. And I want to make a special welcome to Craig Hill. Hello, Craig. Welcome along. Welcome to Australia.
2: Hello, Neil. Great to be here again.
1: Uh, Craig, I was just refreshing your memory that we actually spoke back in the 1990s when you were here, and that was really at a time when your ministry was just gaining traction. I think you'd just released a book called The Ancient Paths, and uh, things were just on the up and up from that time. And in that time, uh, in those 20 plus years, uh, the ministry has grown significantly and you've got teams that are operating around the world. Just how? Just give us a, a quick, in a nutshell, how th- have things developed for your ministry?
2: You know, it's interesting, Neil. Australia was actually the first country that we went to outside of the United States. And uh, God just chose to open the, the nation of Australia to us way back in about 1994, I believe it was. And uh, we weren't in any other nations at that time. Australia was really the first one outside of the United States. And then God began to open doors all around the, the world. Uh, we're in over 53 nations now with permanent ministry teams that are working to establish and reestablish a culture of blessing and restoring ancient paths in the kingdom of God. So it, it's multiplied. And just in a nutshell, we never tried to go to any of those nations. Many times people say, well, were you praying Psalm 2, verse 8? You know, ask of me and I will give you the nations. And I said, no, we never prayed anything like that. We've just been trying to respond to people's invitations for years and years. And there are always more invitations than we can possibly respond to of people that are excited about a culture of blessing, excited about impartation of blessing from one generation to the next, and reestablishing God's ancient paths. Well, 53
1: nations, and that really illustrates just how significant the message is that you began to talk about, coming back to a biblical foundation, these principles, and uh, we'll get on to this in just a few moments, the idea of eternal principles. Because as Christian believers, we are in an atmosphere where there are so many ideologies that are competing Mm. uh, for our thoughts, uh, competing for our hearts and minds, to be able to uh, sift through all of those and discover what those eternal principles are that we can glean from God's word. Uh, this is this is the heart of your message, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it really is. You know, the theme scripture God gave me many years ago was Jeremiah six sixteen. It says, "Thus says the Lord: Stand by the ways and see, and ask for the ancient paths where the good way is, and walk in it, and you will find rest for your souls." But they said, "We will not walk in it." That's an amazing response of Israel to a prophetic word that comes to them. And I'm believing that God's people will not respond that way in this day. But when I read that, Neil, many, many years ago, what really attracted my attention was that that word ancient paths. And it said when you find these, it will actually bring peace to your soul. And as a pastor, I found so many, many people had no peace in their soul. And the consequence of that, and the soul being the mind and emotions, the will, that sort of thing, and uh, so many people were in bondage to addictions, all kinds of different things of alcohol, pornography, depression, uh, anger, conflicts in families, that sort of thing, were all rooted in things that were not at peace in the soul. So when I read that scripture when, that, that says, when you find God's ancient paths, it will actually bring peace to your soul, I was interested. And so I said, God... What on earth are your ancient paths? I mean, I'd, I have never heard a teaching on that. I don't know about that. What does that mean? And uh, it was shortly after that, I actually did hear somebody teach on that, and it began to open my eyes to that. But I looked up the word ancient, and it was the uh, Hebrew word olam. And when I just looked that up in my Bible dictionary, my Strong's Concordance, I found words like this. It didn't just mean old, but it meant timeless, eternal, perpetual, from before time, out of eternity and i realized that what was being spoken about here was not just customs from past culture or ways of older people or our ancestors or something like that it was talking about universal principles of god from out of eternity that just caused life to work and these a lot of these things as you alluded to in the in the beginning of the broadcast today were were brought to us through the hebrew culture uh, and, and through the Bible. And we look at these things, and what what's happened, unfortunately, is a lot of people in our modern day is, have looked at some of these principles and thrown them out and said, well, that's Jewish. We don't need to be involved in that. We don't need to care about that. But in reality, what people fail to see is that a lot of these things are like principles of gravity. Somebody cannot step off a cliff and say, well, I'm in Christ. I'm set free from the law of gravity. No, it doesn't work like that. That's a universal principle of life that's going to function and impact everybody the same. It doesn't really matter whether you're a Christian, a Jew, a Muslim, an atheist, whatever. Gravity will, will be at work. You step off a cliff, it will impact you. God isn't going to turn off gravity because you decide not to obey it today. And what we found, Neil, is that there are principles like that, gravity type of principles, that govern family, that govern marriage, that govern finances, that govern physical health that govern every aspect and every area of life. And what I've seen is that as we have gone along in our culture, we have gotten farther and farther and farther away from these ancient paths, and it's caused life to become more and more difficult, more and more complicated, more and more problems. Marriage is difficult, families are falling apart, people are struggling in their finances, they're struggling in their physical health. And I believe a lot of this is as a a result of departing from God's ancient paths. So if we can establish these ancient paths again and people can understand what they are then it's possible to recapture and regain what God intended for us to experience on planet Earth.
1: We'll be talking about some of those principles through our conversation and inviting listeners to be part of this conversation. 1-800-316-316. Our talkback line is open if you'd like to contribute to our conversation today. We'll talk some more about those principles, olam, those ancient eternal truths. But let me come back and get your reflection on the peace of God, because interestingly, when you talk about people finding peace in a time of turmoil, it's this peace that I think makes the difference Uh, for some people who are thinking, uh, well, is this thing that I am as a Christian all about just thinking right? Uh, What are the side benefits that I have as a Christian believer? And this issue of peace is very, very powerful because it's one uh, one of the effects of what happens in understanding these ancient paths.
2: No, that's absolutely right. What we find, Neil, is that when people violate basic life principles, it creates a lot of turmoil on the inside, just the opposite of peace. And uh, so you violate a principle, it creates turmoil. Then you try to find something to bring comfort, to fix the problem you've got there, and that brings more turmoil. And then you try to find something else to try to fix that, and it brings more turmoil. And people are not realizing that uh, the, the initial violation is something that needs to be restored, uh, not just fixing symptoms. To me, I liken it to uh, when a red light comes on in your car, uh, the, the red light is not the problem. The red light is an indicator of a problem. How foolish would it be for somebody to think about trying to deal with the red light? Well, let's put a piece of tape over it so we don't see it. Or let's take a hammer and bash it out. Or let's, let's disconnect the electrical connection so we don't have to look at the light anymore thinking that the red light was the problem. No, the red light is not the problem. It's the indicator of the problem. So I find that, for example, with anger. Uh, we have in the world, people have all kinds of pro- uh, programs called anger management. Well, I'm convinced that anger is one of those red lights. It's a symptom that indicates that there's a problem of lack of peace on the inside. You're not going to solve that through anger management. To me, that's like oil light management in your car. When well, a red light comes on, no, you don't need to manage. You don't need a system to manage the red light. You need to find out why that light came on. And when you solve the problem, for example, you add oil or you change the oil or or you add you know, coolant to the radiator, whatever it is, wonder of wonders, the red light goes out. The red light was not the problem. Anger is not the problem. Depression is not the problem. Pornography is not the problem. Alcohol is not the problem. Drugs is not the problem. Homosexuality is not the problem. All these different symptoms that people are wanting to deal with uh, are, are, are like red lights that are indicating a lack of peace on the inside
1: sometimes as Christian believers Craig we think that that peace of God is something that is an instant thing that happens it's like a spiritual download it's this peace that passes understanding I'm going through a crisis so I call on the Lord and his peace comes you're taking this to a different depth to that sort of understanding and saying that while those things could happen uh, there are a lot of foundations that will actually bring a crop of peace. So these sorts of seeds and peace will come.
2: Yeah, that's absolutely right. What we've actually found, Neil, is a lot of people were wounded very deeply in their family experience growing up. And uh, for many, many people, they actually don't remember the wounding experiences, but the torment emotionally remains on the inside and there are images on the inside that are devastating and destructive images of who I am and how life functions and how I can expect people to treat me those sorts of things are on the inside many people don't even realize that don't know that but yet their life experience conforms to it Uh, for example uh, a, a man came one time to one of our ancient past seminars and he said I struggle deeply with anger he was 38 years old. He'd only been married two years. He said, This anger is so severe that uh, he said, I'm afraid one day I'm going to hit my wife. And he said, I've always despised a man that would hit a woman, but he said, I'm afraid I'm going to become that man one day. I never have. But he said, When I get in an argument with my wife, I get so angry. He said, I just have to leave the room and go outside and walk. I can't even finish the discussion. He said, I've got a one year old little boy. Inevitably, he wakes up in the middle of the night, the night before I know I've got an extremely heavy work schedule the next day, and it makes me so angry I want to go in and shake him. I've never done it, but I'm afraid one day I will. Again, I just go outside and walk. He said, it's so bad, I was driving out of a parking lot the other day, and he said, I thought there was enough space and traffic for me to go. And so I started, and then I stopped because I realized there wasn't enough space for my car. The guy behind me honked. You know, just hooted on the horn. And so uh, I got out of the car, went back, reached through the window, grabbed the guy by the shirt, pinned his face between the top of the door and the window, and called him every four-letter word I could think of, yelled at him, threatened to punch him, and told him what I thought about people who honk at me, put him back in the car, and as I drove away, all the guilt and shame hit me, and I remembered just a couple days before my wife had put a new bumper sticker on our car that said, "'Honk if you love Jesus.'" And he said, do you think I ruined my testimony?
0: (laughs) This is 2020 with Neil Johnson, helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective. 2020 on Vision.
1: Our special guest this hour is Craig Hill. He's authored a number of books. He's one of the keynote speakers. At what's known as the Kingdom Festival, it's being staged on the Gold Coast. It starts today and goes through the weekend until the 23rd. Uh, details about that at kingdomfestival.com. There's a big lineup of great speakers, and one of those is our guest in the studio today, Craig Hill, based in Colorado in the US. He's in Australia as one of the keynote speakers. His ministry is called Family Foundations International. He travels the world and talks about what we're talking about today discovering the ancient paths craig let's take some calls from listeners uh let's hear from jan in the rock in new south wales hello jan welcome along to 2020 hi hi Hi, jan Jan. what are your thoughts on our conversation
3: uh
4: look just uh interesting that you bring up family um situations i just heard that you were talking uh, um, uh, a father you know felt like he wanted to uh You know, his wife and stuff. And um, I'm living with my 82-year-old father at the moment. Um, I've studied aged care and and stuff like that. And it just, you know, it's very frustrating because he still treats me like a little girl. Mm -hmm. I'm 58 years old. And um, and I just, you know, I just uh, wonder. And I, I listen to your radio station all the time. And uh, I just felt compelled to give you a call so um, because he, he's, he's away at the moment and I'm just trying to clean up the house and he just gathers everything. And, like, he's 82 and he's doing really well. And I just go, I get so angry and I just go, well, <laughs> just asking for answers here.
1: Okay, so you're I trying to contain to make- your own anger, Jan. Uh, if we were reflecting on that, Craig Hill, uh, what sort of ancient path principal foundation can you use to address this sort of issue of anger?
2: Well, what I found in, in this situation, <clears throat> Jan, one of the key things that you can do for your father at 82 is bless him. Learn how to impart blessing blessing to him because in the depths of his heart, he's asking the question, am I needed anymore? Does anybody care about me? Do I have any value really left in life? Is there anything for me to contribute? And, of course, what God wants to do is answer that with a resounding yes. Yes, you are needed. You are valuable. And I believe that probably that's one of the reasons that he treats you still like a little girl is because he's looking for that. he
4: denigrates me all the time, denigrates me like big time. And all I'm doing is trying to help, you know, and um, so there's just um,
2: there's two two sides. He doesn't
4: believe in God.
2: I believe in God. There's two sides to that, Jan. The one that Neil was just bringing up is uh, there's a deep, deep question in your own heart. Everybody else, everybody on planet Earth has to ask two questions every day. Those two questions are, who am I and why am I here? And what's actually happening is in your interaction with your father, you're allowing your father to answer that question for you. And... The answer your father is giving you is you're nothing, you're nobody, you're just a dumb little girl, you don't have any, you're not intelligent, you don't have any wisdom, you're not 58 years old, you're eight years old, and uh, he's treating you that way. What you do with that is every time that feeling comes up in your heart where you want to lash out at your father and say, listen, I am a grown woman, I'm not a little girl here, what you do with that is just go to the Lord and ask God this critical question, Father, what's the truth? Who am I? What do you say about me? And let God speak to you. As a matter of fact, we could do that right now. Have you got just a minute, Jan?
4: Yes, I've got. Oh, gosh, I have,
2: yes. Well, let's just pray right now. Let's ask God that okay. question. Father, okay. Father, I pray that you would Father, speak to Jan yes. right now. Lord, thank you. you know who she is. You have something you want to say to her, and she's your sheep. She can hear mm-hmm. your voice. Father, who is she? Who is she? What do you say to her this very moment? What do you say? Lord, what does she look like to you? Who is she in your sight? Yeah. Yeah. Now, just listen, Jan. Just listen. Yeah. Yeah. Can you hear the Spirit of God speaking to you? Yeah, He's What's he He's saying? He's
4: beating me on the head at the moment.
2: <laughs> What's he saying to you, Jan? That
4: I'm okay. I'm where I should be.
2: Uh, you know, I, I, I'm just sensing right now that many, many other people that are listening, you are asking that very same question because every one of us need to ask that question. And every day, yeah. every one of us have people all around us that are going to try to tell us who they are. Pardon me, that are going to try to tell us who we are. People all around us are going to say, you're stupid, you're ugly, you have no value, you made this mistake, you made that mistake, you did this wrong, yeah. you did that wrong. And that's there are people all over Australia listening right now, you're asking that very same question. And, yeah. and all that needs to happen is to ask God that question. He's the only one that loves you enough to be qualified to answer that question. Yeah, not, I believe that. Yeah, believe. not your father, not your boss, not your husband. Mm-hmm. Not any other person. All those people may love you, but none of them have died for you. There's only one who's actually died for you, Yeshua, Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus Christ. He's the only one that's died for any of us, and he's the only one actually qualified to answer that question. So what you do with the anger, the anger is an indicator in your heart that you've allowed your father to answer the question that only Jesus should answer. And so if you let the, the anger be an indicator, hey, I need to just stop for a moment, go to the Lord and ask him what he says about me. Receive what he says. Jesus said in John 8, verse 32, that when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And when you receive his truth, exactly what he just said to you, Jan, actually, I love you. You're okay. What your father is saying to you is just his opinion. It's not the truth of who you are that truth, when it gets in the depths of your heart, actually will set you free. And you'll be able to bless your father rather than to react to your father.
4: I don't. He's he's an ex-army sergeant lieutenant. He's, um, you know, he's a a very disciplined man and and doesn't show any affection. And um, he doesn't, you know, that's not his fault. It's just the way he's been brought up. And I was a teacher in an autistic school for a long time. I think he's got uh, the asperger's they put labels on everything, but she 's got no empathy and um i 've just got to stop um feeling like i 'm the um the underdog here so yeah. it's not it 's not dad's fault it 's just um you know but i just get i 'm so frustrated with all this stuff that he 's got around here that 's so wasted because it could be used for other you know people that are more underprivileged
5: i suppose well Jan, um, thank
1: you so much for sharing your story with us today, and uh, i 'm just overwhelmed, Uh, we've been able to be a part of your opening your own heart and your own understanding to hear not what others, like your dad, is saying about you, but what God is speaking into your heart. Jan from The Rock in New South Wales, thanks so much for joining us today here on 2020. We're taking calls 1-800-316-316. Let's take another one. Kelly is in Brisbane in Queensland. Hello, Kelly. Welcome along.
3: Hello, Neil. How are you?
1: I'm well, Kelly. What are your thoughts on our conversation today?
3: Um, Just listening to the speaker about the experience that that uh, gentleman had taking into his adulthood, this this feeling of anger and not being able to control it. Um, I have a beautiful story of healing. It's my own. Um, I grew up in a household where there was um, violence and um, quite a lot of anger. And I had the blessing and the privilege to... um, be part of a prayer ministry where a a friend um, prayed over me and with me and the Holy Spirit took me back to a time in my childhood where I was really distressed about a situation where my parents were arguing and he actually gave me a visual experience of this time. So I was the child and I could see my parents arguing but Alongside them, Jesus was standing there and it was so healing for me to know that um, I wasn't alone and that I didn't have to be responsible for them at that time or ever, ever again in my life.
1: Kelly, I'm going to have to cut in because we're about to go to the news, but thank you so much for sharing that story. That is in line with what we're talking about Jesus is there and he's the one who's walking alongside us and telling us who we are from his perspective which is the one that counts. We're back with more. Craig Hill our guest after the news. Craig Hill is based in Colorado in the US for 20 years Craig and his wife Jan through their ministry called Family Foundations International have been fighting to restore what they call the Family Mountain by providing Ancient Paths seminars and at this time of the year This festival, this eight-day festival with a three-and-a-half-thousand-year history is celebrated around the world. The festival called the Jewish Feast of Tabernacles. Well, it's on in southeast Queensland and there is attention to this celebration with that gathering called the Kingdom Festival. There is a website where you can go to get the detail about the Kingdom Festival. It's called kingdomfestival.com. Craig Hill, uh, just an amazing start to our conversation. Before we take any more calls... Uh, let's talk about uh, these ancient paths because sometimes uh, a dot point or two that sets in our mind a context of what you're talking about are discovering these ancient eternal principles. If you're thinking of the biggest Uh, one of these eternal principles that you'd like to communicate in our conversation today. What's the most important one
2: uh, in your mind? You know what I found, Neil, is uh, probably the key ancient path that we've really departed from in our culture is the ancient path of impartation of generational blessing. Uh, You find in Genesis chapter 12, verse 3, where God gave a promise to Abraham, and he said, I will bless those who bless you, I will curse those who curse you, and through you all the families of the earth will be blessed." And uh, since that day, God has been trying to use families to impart blessing. And uh, we see Hebrew families from the beginning of the Bible all the way through the end, laying hands on their children, looking their children in the eyes, and imparting something called the blessing. And I think we don't understand it in this day. You find in Genesis 27, for example, this is something that Esau and Jacob both longed after from their father. They wanted an impartation of his blessing. And in our day, we don't understand what that is. You know, we, we use those words very lightly where somebody says, well, God bless you. Or a father says to his son, I bless you, son. But here we see in Genesis 27, whatever this thing is, this ancient path of blessing was so powerful that Jacob was willing to lie, steal, cheat, deceive to get this thing and, Isaac, pardon me, and uh, his brother Esau, who did not receive it, was so angry about it. He was. He said in verse 41 of Genesis 27, the days of my father's life are short, and soon my father will pass away. And after he does, I will kill my brother Jacob for what he did. And you're looking at that going, there, there must be something here more than meets the eye. Somebody's going to kill his brother because his dad didn't say, God bless you. I mean, no, there's something more powerful here. And what I discovered, there's an ancient path of blessing, which is not just words. It's a spiritual impartation that causes doors to open for the future. So I discovered, Neil, every father, every mother have a key in their hand called blessing. And when they use that key... It literally empowers children to prosper or launches them into a destiny to fulfill and accomplish what God put them on planet Earth to accomplish. And parents who don't understand what that key of blessing is and fail to use it perhaps actually become a hindrance or stumbling block to their children so that they never prosper. And what we found very interesting. Jewish people naturally tend to understand this principle of blessing in a way that most Christians don't. Well, let's join the dots here
1: because here we are, 21st century. Our listeners throughout Australia are wondering how these ancient principles from what we call the Old Testament in the Bible actually make an effect on our lives as we are here today? Because, you know, for most people listening to our conversation, we're not Jewish. Uh, So how does this affect Christians who are interested in discovering something of these eternal truths these eternal ancient paths.
2: You know, here's a very interesting thing statistically just in our nation in the United States and I suspect it's probably exactly the same here in Australia. Do you know that Jewish people are at the top of almost every one of the mountains of society? So for example, uh, our our wealthiest billionaires in the United States, 20% of them are Jewish. Uh, out of all the people that win Nobel prizes in the United States, 25% are Jewish. in science. All the professors at leading universities, do you know that 40% of them are Jewish? Leading attorneys in Washington, D.C., and New York City, 20% of them are Jewish. In Hollywood, who owns the majority of film studios? Jewish people. Who's the most famous producer-director the world has ever known? Steven Spielberg. Oh, okay. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, a Jewish man. And my question was, why is it That a Jewish child growing up has maybe a different vision or a different thought about his future than a Christian child. A Christian child growing up says, you know, I have an interest in finance. I hope when I grow up I could get a job in a bank. A Jewish child growing up says, I have an interest in finance. When I grow up, I will own the bank. Why is it? What's the difference? And what I found is it's one of these ancient paths that we just began to talk about.
1: Let's just unpack this, and uh, perhaps in a brief way, but when you're talking about these Jewish people who've ascended, and they are at the top of what you're calling these mountains, uh, what you're saying is whether they even hold to their Jewish faith or not— It's a part of what has formed them in the culture of their background that has passed on to them, and what they are shaped by are these principles that we have access to in the Old Testament, and we ought to be shaped by those as well.
2: Sure, that's exactly right. And when I I looked at that, I said, what are Jewish people doing? We know there's an anointing uh, on them because they're God's chosen people, but more than that, one of the practices that Jewish people have is a very simple practice. Once a week, they have a meal together. On Friday night, the beginning of the Shabbat, most Jewish people have dinner together. After dinner, the father will take his wife by the hand. He will look her in the eyes. He will read the second half of Proverbs 31, and he will say to her, Many women have done excellently, but you excel them all. Now, I would ask many Christian husbands, When was the last time you read Proverbs 31 over your wife, looked her in the eyes, and said, Honey, it's you? You are the virtuous woman. I love you. I bless you. I'm so proud of you. And then that dad and mom together will look each one of their children in the eyes and will say to them, son, you're not an ordinary boy. You have an anointing on your life. God has called you. And that father said, son, you're inextricably connected by covenant to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And in our culture, we would say, and that's because of the blood of Jesus, the Messiah, You're connected by covenant. You can expect the good hand of your God to be over you all the days of your life. Son, I notice you have an interest in science. You'll probably be a doctor. Maybe not just an ordinary doctor. You'll be a specialist. People will fly from around the world to meet with you and consult with you. Son, you have a destiny. You have a purpose. God loves you. I love you. I'm proud of you. I bless you. And what if the father says that to his son every single week? 52 weeks a year, some 18 or 20 years that son lives in his father's home, what is going to happen in adult life to that son? And the answer is exactly what his father prophesied over him. All parents are prophets, but not all prophetic words that come through parents come from God. Some parents say the opposite sort of thing. Some parents say, you're stupid. If you don't study harder, you'll never get into university. You'll never amount to anything. Or a father might say to his teenage daughter, you're not going out of the house looking like that. Why, you look like a prostitute. If you keep dressing that way, you'll probably be pregnant in inside of a year. And if you keep hanging around with those friends you hang with, you'll probably end up in jail. Well, what's that father doing? The opposite, cursing. He's prophesying as well, but he's not imparting God's vision. He's imparting a vision. He just said two things to his daughter. You'll become pregnant, you look like a prostitute, and you'll go to jail. Three things. Now, that's not God's vision. Why did that father say that? Because he doesn't understand cursing and blessing, doesn't understand the key that he held in his hands. And, uh, you know, I just sense that God is touching the hearts of people, many people all over Australia right now. God is speaking to you. Fathers, mothers, you hold a key in your hand to open a door for your children. That key is is an impartation of blessing. And, you know, many of us as dads and mums, have wounded our children. We've gotten angry. We've said hurtful things. We've disciplined with too severe a voice. And, you know, the the answer to that, I believe this is the Spirit of God speaking to you right now, There, we need many times to humble ourselves before our children and say, you know, I said things I didn't mean. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me. I repent you know, you're an awesome kid. You're a wonderful daughter. I love you. Look your daughter in the eyes. Tell her she's the most beautiful young woman on planet earth. Bless her. You know, that opens a door for her to receive the truth of what God says about her. Because as parents, you can either be an agent of God or an agent of Satan to impart blessing or cursing to the heart of your son or daughter. I encourage you, Why not do exactly what Jewish people do? Take one evening a week. Have dinner together. Bless your wife. If you've wounded your children that week, look them in the eyes. Ask them to forgive you. And then tell them what God says about them. You're an awesome son. I love you. I bless you. I'm proud of you. Do you know that is a very simple takeaway from this conversation that every one of us listening can do that. And if your children are older, they're grown, they're out of the house, why not call them on the phone or on one of the the, the the Skype or whatever we use these days to communicate with people and impart blessing to your children once a week. At least once a week.
1: It is a powerful principle and we're taking calls one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. Let's hear from Rosemary in Melbourne. Hello Rosemary, welcome along.
5: Huh, oh, thanks Dale.
1: Thanks for waiting so patiently. Rosemary, what are your thoughts on our conversation today?
5: Um, well, first of all, my age group, Neil, and I heard a lady talking before about her 82-year-old father and she's 58. Um, sometimes, no matter how wonderful our parents are during their lifetime, or maybe they have challenges, um... In their old age, like you're 60 or 65 or 58, like that lady, as they're getting old and sick, they can be quite irritable, bad-tempered, say mean things to you, but they can't help it because they're suffering badly and not doing well and they've just lost their wife or their husband. And it all goes on to you. And you realize these are some of your last memories of your father or your mother or your auntie. Maybe they were like that a lot during their lifetime with you. Maybe not very much. And, uh, but you still love them as best you can, as much as they will allow you to, as skillfully as you can with God guiding you and, uh,
1: Rosemary, it's a little bit like understanding the context of who we are and where we're at, at all of these different stages, not in our own life only, but uh, the stages of where our children are growing up and where our parents are growing old, understanding that context. And I think this comes back to some of the things that Craig Hill was sharing. But Craig, your response to Rosemary?
2: Yeah, I wrote a book, Neil, called The Power of a Parent's Blessing. And that talks about seven critical times when God intended for there to be an impartation of blessing, and the seventh one that we're talking about here with Rosemary and uh, and before also is an impartation of blessing to our parents in older age. And I found that that's a very powerful, powerful way to impact their hearts. Is that uh, and, and many people have actually chosen to have a ceremony of blessing, like a party. Uh, in older age to celebrate the life of their father and their mother. And, you know, a very interesting thing, that word blessing in Hebrew is the word baruch. In Greek, it's the word eulogia. Now, does that sound like any word we have in English? Well, you know, I sometimes come
1: across this. Uh, You go to a funeral and someone delivers the most incredible eulogy, and uh, it, it, it highlights all of the wonderful things that person has done. And inevitably, someone will say afterwards, Uh, why were we not able to say that while they were still alive in their presence so they could hear and
2: respond? And that is exactly my point, that this seventh critical time of blessing needs to happen while a father or mother is yet alive, where we have a celebration and we, we can impart a tribute to our father or mother and say those very things. Eulogia, the word eulogy, means blessing to speak well of. And uh, I would encourage everyone with older parents, find a time to have a celebration. Write what you would say at their funeral, for example. But don't wait for the funeral because that isn't going to help the person who's passed away. They can't hear it at that point. Impart that to them while they're yet living. And you'll find many, many times I've received back so many testimonies from people that have said, totally changed my father's life, changed my father's heart, changed my mother's heart. And I've had many, many people that have told me, you know what? My parents were unsaved, didn't know Jesus Christ. I've tried everything I could to try to win them to the Lord. I've sent them Bibles, tracts, CDs, cassette tapes in past times, taken them to this meeting, that meeting, this crusade, that crusade. Nothing impacted them. And I've heard this testimony many times when I blessed them. When I imparted to them that key of blessing, it was only a couple of weeks and my parents' hearts opened and said, please tell me about God. I'd like to go to church with you. And that is a key. Blessing opens the heart.
1: Rosemary from Melbourne, thank you so much for sowing that seed for an amazing response. Really appreciate your call. one eight hundred three sixteen three sixteen. 316 316 There may be time for another call or two. We'll continue our conversation in just a few moments. Our special guest this hour is Craig Hill, pastor and author. He's in Australia for the Kingdom Festival on the Gold Coast. It starts today, it runs through to the end of the weekend. And just before we go to a break here, Craig, you're speaking a number of times at the festival. Uh, I guess you're talking about some of these similar sorts of things we're discussing today. Uh, people will obviously be looking forward
2: to hearing you speak. Right. I'm going to be speaking about this impartation of blessing. Uh, a little bit about what are some of the seven critical times where there needs to be an impartation of blessing and praying for people to receive from God what perhaps they never did receive from their parents. Helping you make sense of life, culture, and current events from a biblical perspective.
0: 2020 on Vision. Craig Hill, our guest, is a guest at the
1: Kingdom Festival on the Gold Coast this week. And Craig, uh, you're also going to be in Melbourne next week ...at the Imagine Church in Melbourne on Tuesday and on Wednesday, and then you're travelling to Perth. So Perth listeners, you won't miss out the opportunity to see Craig Hill speak. He's going to be at the Red Door Church in Perth, and you'll be able to see him next Saturday and Sunday night. Uh, Just a few minutes remaining, and oftentimes the idea of just bringing, bringing some loose ends together... Uh, When we talk about these ancient paths, and we haven't got time to really get into uh, the whole idea of not just remedies for things, but prevention. How do people actually glean these things, come back to the scriptures and actually identify the sorts of points that you talk about?
2: Yeah, I think many times, uh, Neil, what people need to realize is that there are key principles in the Old Testament that are also revealed in the New Testament that, that are for example, this impartation of blessing, seven critical times when people need to be imparting blessing to their children, we don't know how to do that anymore, but we can learn that and we can re-implement that in our culture uh, so that we are having that happen on a preventative basis. For example, if parents were regularly, uh, this this is just a very simple thing, if parents were blessing their children at least once a week, had a format, a time, like Jewish people do on Friday night having a dinner together. And before you bless, when you go to look your son or daughter in the eyes, you're going to realize, oh, if I was too strong with them this week, or I said things I didn't mean, or I did it in a way that was not not good, I need to repent. By repenting once a week, imparting blessing once a week to your children, that is life-changing. Just that alone changes culture. And we found many people have told us, you know, We not only began to do that in our own family, but we began to invite other people over for dinner on evenings when we were doing it and ask them if we could bless their children. And inevitably, other parents have said, could you teach me how to do that? And uh, uh, I'd like to see a virus of blessing start of people learning how to impart blessing to their children, creating a culture of blessing, of imparting what God says about them. Back to what we were saying a little bit earlier in the conversation, everybody asks two questions every day of their life. Who am I and why am I here? Satan has an answer, which is you're, you're nothing, you're nobody, you're worthless, you have no value, nobody will love you, and you have no destiny. God's answer is the opposite. I love you. I plan for you. You have a purpose. You have a destiny. You're valuable. I will walk with you every day of your life. And parents are the agents of either God's message or Satan's message every single day, not only in their, with their children, but in their marriage, in the workplace. Every one of us can be an agent of blessing, and I define blessing very simply, imparting to the heart of another person what God says about them. Cursing is the opposite, imparting to the heart of another person what Satan says about them. And Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19 says every day of your life, you have a choice to choose blessing or cursing in all of your relationships.
1: Well, I want to thank those callers who called in through the hour and uh, those that are waiting on the line now. I'm apologising to you because we won't be able to take your call. Time has run out. Uh, We've been talking with Pastor Craig Hill and there are a number of books that Craig has written. I won't be able to list them all now, but you can find out Uh, which books he's written, at craighill.org. You can check out his website there.
2: Actually, Uh, Neil, that one one doesn't work anymore. That one doesn't work anymore. They need to to go to familyfoundations.com.
1: Okay, familyfoundations.com. We're corrected there, familyfoundations.com. And as we've been talking about the Kingdom Festival, that website is kingdomfestival.com. Craig Hill... uh, Thanks so much for being with us. You're going to be on the Gold Coast uh, through the end of the weekend, next week in Melbourne at the Imagine Church on Tuesday and Wednesday night and in Perth at the Red Door Church next Saturday and Sunday night. Thanks so much for taking time to drop in and talk to us today here on
0: 2020.
2: My pleasure.